Washington Commanders fall to the Carolina Panthers 23-21 in an exciting preseason matchup. Not only do we see a lot of great promising things from the Commanders, so we also saw from issues from last year that hopefully the Commanders can get fixed or else they're going to have a rough 2022 season. This is the Next Gen Fan Podcast. This is the Next Gen Fan Podcast. Thanks for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you've got fellow Commanders fans, let them know about the podcast. So the Washington Commanders. Uh, overall, I think this was a great preseason game for them. I saw a lot of good things. Uh, I'm going to get to all that. But just starting off, first of all, I mean, looking at those first few offensive snaps, man, it was it, it felt so good. Finally, football is back. We've made it through this time of the year where there's nothing going on. And finally, we have football back. How can you not be excited watching Washington? The jerseys. Love the jerseys. I think that they did a really good job on them. Uh, I also really like the helmets. I think the helmets look clean, uh, nice and fresh. And... I do, I'm not a huge fan of the straight white pants. I do think that if they could do something else with some more, some burgundy, um, and then maybe, a, maybe, maybe some gold in there as well, but I'm not a huge fan of the white pants, but the white jerseys look great. Um, I love, love some of the details that went into it, even just on the shoulders. Now looking at, okay, so the first drive, uh, they go three and out and not what you want to see from your offense. It was a good throw from Carson Wentz. I liked seeing Curtis Samuel on that screen. He had some nice, nice jig, a little bit, a little bit of wiggle there, and it's good to see him moving finally. Good to see Curtis Samuel out there. Great throws, good, good throws from Wentz on that drive. But overall, three and out on your first drive, that was something they struggled with a lot last year. Uh, not just going three and out, but not being able to score on that first drive. Not, not nothing great there, but overall, um, I mean, Wentz, his, the throw looked good. Uh, and then moving on to the defense's first, uh, first shot out there. I thought the there was some really good pressure from the D line. You know, with Chase Young out, obviously they're not going to be the same. But I liked what I saw uh, with the the first team D line on that third and four. There was some really some blown coverage. There was a wide receiver running a drag, a short little drag across across the middle. And guys, like the, I got to say, it's preseason, uh, but some little mishap there and uh, something they they need to work on. Some tighter coverage overall throughout the game. I thought the DBs didn't play very well. Uh, they struggled with a lot of a lot of coverage, and I think they definitely need to be more aggressive uh, when it comes to uh, trying to get the ball. And uh, so Carolina stopped them on a third and fourth. Uh, Washington did good pressure from Allen and Sweat on that drive, and then obviously Carolina was able to kick a field goal. Uh, coverage, like I said, and I put down here, coverage needs to be better. But also just uh, a few other things. You know, the W on the field looked nice. I like seeing the commanders in the end zone. I thought they did a good job there. So just some smaller things on the field that look nice. Uh, back to the offense. Um, I understand that on, on that second position for the offense, Armani Rogers, when he got that catch, three catches on that drive. But he's got to make some people miss. I understand. Obviously, these are still going as first team players. But if he wants to try and make a make a make this roster, uh, which I do believe is going to be fairly difficult. Uh, he's going to have to try and get some some better rack, try and try and make some people miss. But one thing I especially noticed on that drive, but throughout throughout the game in general, was the O line. I thought played very well. Uh, they had really good protection, buying uh, all the quarterbacks time. Uh, and then this was a drive where Gibson fumbled. So we saw a lot of this last year. Uh, so Gibson led the league in six with six fumbles and. This is something where 
if I'm Ron Rivera, I mean, I, I thought we were working on this throughout the whole offseason, and then to come out in his the second drive, I mean, I just, it's disappointing. Uh, but, I mean, there is a reason they drafted a running back in the third round, um, and I will get to Brian Robinson later because he was a star. I, I think the Gibson, he his reps, with Brian Robinson coming in, his reps are going to be limited because he he now has actual competition. Because like isn't isn't so much of a first and second down back as he is kind of a third down pass catcher. That's really what he excels at. He's one of the best in the league at that. And I don't that's not his role. So throughout last year and the year before that, Gibson really didn't have too much competition at that at the first and second uh, down reps. But now with Brian Robinson coming in, he definitely if he can't get this fumbling thing under control, uh, don't be surprised when Brian Robinson's taking the first team reps. Uh, later in the preseason. Uh, so Gibson fumbled there. Um, I did like to see Wentz. Uh, he, I, I immediately, once the camera shifted to Gibson on the sideline, I saw Wentz go over there and started talking with him, patted him on the back. So uh, for all those reports that came out about Wentz not being a leader, you know, there were some that came out of Philly, some that came out of Indy. From what I saw from Wentz, he looked fine. Uh, there was a few other instances where he was talking with teammates, you know, um, he was over there to con- congratulate them after good plays. So good stuff from there. And then on that uh, that Carolina touchdown. So I thought that there was great pressure by Payne and Sweat. Both So Payne on back-to-back plays had great, great pressure. Um, he's in a contract here, so he's, he's trying to perform there. Uh, but so far, on after the two defensive drives, there were some tackling issues. And overall, I didn't like what I saw from Kendall Fuller on that play. Uh, this guy is getting paid uh, fairly well, and he needs to perform well, after, especially after he had a, a pretty down year in 2021. Uh, this whole secondary needs to step up, and I, like I said, I didn't like what I saw from them on, on in this game. So the D-line, though, again, great pressure. So I didn't love what I saw from the special teams. Uh, obviously, Joey Sly ended up missing the extra point. Uh, you can't do that. Uh, I understand it's preseason, but... Just like Gibson fumbling, if it was some other kicker, he missed an extra point. Okay, that's that's not a terrible issue. But because last year uh, we had all the kicker issues, it's again there's a history there. Just like Gibson fumbling, so it becomes a bigger issue when it happens here. Just because it, there's a history of it happening. Great catch by Terry um, on the next offensive drive. A good stiff arm there. And then this was one of the, the bad throws by Carson Wentz. He had a late throw to uh, Curtis Hodges. Ended up being incomplete. Uh, finally, they put in Brian Robinson. In his first carry, he had an 11-yard run. I liked what I saw from Scott Turner. Eventually, he started, and I understand. Uh, obviously, in the preseason, you don't want to give away your main packages and stuff, so what you're running is really kind of plain and boring. Uh, but he did come out there with some two running back sets, and uh, I liked what I saw when I saw those. Uh, Brian Robinson was a two running back set on his first run. A good block on, from Andrew Norwell on that play. And the thing I put down for Robinson is he runs like a running back, and he with with him when he when he gets that first contact he keeps plowing forward if he can't move his legs anymore he's falling forward all right that's stuff that you don't see too much from gibson and i, I don't know i just like the way brian robinson runs he's got kind of a, a, like a full head of steam when he's running and i mean he was on that first 11 yard run he had guys bouncing off of him and i loved what i saw there uh, i saw that the deep shot from dotson was nice it was uh they were holding on that play again the o-line great push on the run plays and good pass protection I'm gonna keep gonna keep saying that because it was really something that stood out for me. And then some good rack 
from Curtis Samuel after he converted a third and six uh, to start the second quarter. I let, again, Curtis Samuel looks fresh, and he's got some good movement, so hopefully he's going to stay that way. And uh, Brian Robinson with that touchdown, first touchdown in Commander's history. And then obviously we got the slide and the extra point, um, and I, but I already went over that. Um, and then this defense on so two they, on two plays they only give up two two yards. Good stops from Allen and Holcomb. Uh, and then on that third down play, uh, that was the one where Payne and Smith Williams were both unblocked. Jack Del Rio bringing a little bit of a blitz there, and a Darnold, all Darnold could do was just throw that into the dirt because there was no chance there. I mean, that was a great play there by the defense. Uh, Alex Erickson, he broke three tackles on that punt return, but wasn't able to get very far. Back up, so the tight ends. Obviously, they have they had no Logan Thomas, no Cole Turner, no John Bates. So it was left up to guys like Curtis Hodges, Armani Rogers, uh, Eli Wolf, Samus Reyes. So I liked what I saw from Curtis Hodges, but especially Armani Rogers. Both of those guys seemed to be fairly well. Later in the drive, this is when Heineke took over, there was... A fourth down and one they gave to Robinson. They ended up getting like three or four yards. So good push from the O-line again. Um, O-line depth. It looked good. I liked what I saw there just because, you know, they didn't even have a few of their starters. And that starting O-line looked really good. They didn't have Trey Turner. They didn't have Chase Roulier. Uh, but they still looked good. Uh, Cosme looked good coming in that second year. Leno looked fine. Andrew Norwell was very good. He was a really good standout player for me. But looking at some of the other throws, uh, Heineke, he, he had three rough throws. He had that interception. He had one throw where uh, De'Ami Brown I should have caught it, but he kind of left De'Ami Brown out to dry a little bit, and De'Ami got popped. So overall, I did like what I saw from De'Ami Brown. He needs to step up this year, and he made a few nice catches. Uh, they did a decent job converting on third down. So the Commanders commit, uh, converted 57.1% of their third downs, which, I mean, it's definitely better than they've done. And it's somewhere to start. It's not great, but it, it's somewhere to start um, for sure. Chris Paul looked great at guard. Uh, he was looking very good. Taylor Heineke, he had, he, he had a few throws that went high. That interception was high. He had a throw to, on that same drive to Dax Mill, and that went high. And then another late throw from Taylor Heineke. So I didn't like what I saw from Heineke. I think he struggled a little bit. And then Brian Robinson, again, went well. Um, going back to the first teamers, though, I I really didn't see Elijah Han Dotson. I mean, he had, what, one one or two targets? And I, I just I didn't like what I saw from him. I, well, I didn't see much from him, period. Um, I think that Scott Turner needs to find a way to get John Dotson a little more involved. Wentz looked at he throughout throughout the game. Wentz looked fairly sharp. Uh, he had that overthrow um, when he was throwing to Dodson. But overall, I, I liked what I saw from Carson Wentz. You know, there was some stuff coming in, especially in the training camp. And I will get to that story about Jason Wright later in this podcast. But uh, there was the stuff coming out in training camp that he was sailing a few throws in practice. And overall, I I thought he played well. Um, I let the, the arm strength was there. The ball was getting delivered with a little bit of zip. You know, the height benefit helps because um, he was able to stand in the pocket and fire from where he was, whereas Heineke kind of scrambled around a little bit and sidearm a few throws. But overall, I liked what I saw from Wentz, and I feel confident. If you are a Commanders fan, how can you not feel confident after seeing this team? Yes, they lost, but I, they still performed very well, and 
especially when it comes to Sam Howell, who I'll get to later, who absolutely excelled. So um, looking at that, also one thing I did notice was Chase Young. Uh, he was always on the sideline up where the coaches were. I mean, <laughs> many times I saw him with Jack standing right next to Jack Del Rio. He was always there when players, you know, when players scored a touchdown or they made a nice tackle. He was always right where the player was. Uh, he was congratulating players. So good to see Chase Young there. And then I also saw Ryan Kerrigan with a headset on. Uh, I don't know what his exact role was, but something to keep an eye on just going into uh, future preseason games. Just watch out for Ryan Kerrigan on the sideline. Something I noticed there because I know in his retirement, uh, he did say that he wanted to stay with the game of football and try and find some way to stay around. So maybe this is his role. Maybe he's going to be an assistant coach or something. So, And I know the guys, uh, they really look up to Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, they respect him, and I, he's, his experience is definitely going to help out this D-line, especially since uh, the commander's fired Sam Mills. Uh, they could definitely use some help with the D-line coaching. All right, so about two-minute warning hits, and again, uh, the run defense, I thought they did pretty well. They only gave up 30 yards. I mean, I, I can't really ask for much more. They really struggled last year with the run defense, and giving up only 30 yards in the whole game was impressive. Like I said, overall play by the D-line was very good. It was really the secondary that struggled. Peter Walker, uh, he was in now. He scrambled a little bit, and I think they do need to do a better job of, again, rushing this one unit. You know, we had that issue last year where they were kind of uh, all over the place when it was rushing, and it was really easy for the quarterback to scramble out of there. Um, Ron Rivera said that they need to do a better job of rushing this one unit, and for, for the most part, I think they did well. Um, but just some plays like that, uh, I think they need to do a better job containing a mobile quarterback like a P.J. Walker. I, I think that those turnovers really really hurt this team, and if they I, if they had turned the ball over twice, I think they would have won this game, uh, especially that throw to, with Heineke. They were in the red zone, uh, so they, even if they kicked the field goal there, they would have won the game. Uh, something to keep an eye on there. There are multiple sources that did confirm that after the first touchdown, the Commanders they actually didn't play the fight song, which did, in fact, um, the fight song is Fight for Our Commanders, uh, that is the verse that was chosen instead of leaders on a mission. That was what was chosen, but it did not play after the first touchdown. And I don't know why that is. Uh, you, you'd think the first touchdown in Commander's history, you'd want your fight song ready, but it was not. So, And then also, during halftime, I ended up getting a notification that the Commanders released a memo that you, fans are now allowed to vote on the mascot. So... You can find this on the commander's website, and the options, the four options you have is a dog, a historical figure, a hog, or a superhero. For me, I voted the hog just because um, of the history that it has to this team, and some of these don't even make sense. A dog, why would we have a dog? I understand people like dogs, but this is the Washington Commanders. We are not some team related to a dog. So I, I don't think that has any, any, any usefulness. And then the superhero, no, that just that that's just gonna look bad. I don't think that'll look good at all. Historical figure, that has a good option, but again, I do think the hog is the best option. Uh, now that was something stuff that happened during halftime. Uh, also during halftime, they ended up having two flag football teams play. I thought that was neat. Good to see. Uh, them getting involved and having some a good a good chance for the kids just to um, play at FedEx Field, and I'm sure that was a cool experience for them. All right, so third quarter. Um, if you guys were watching this game, you saw number 16 a lot. That was Stephen Parker, uh, safety who they had just signed. 
along with Nathan Gary and Eli Wolf, and he only had two tackles, a few assists, but I, that guy was always where the ball was. I, I felt like he was everywhere. Wherever the ball was, that guy was not far behind. And so Stephen Parker is trying to make this team. He definitely performed very well. Uh, he hit P.J. Walker in the open field. And Walker, he's a mobile guy, so he can make a miss in the open field. Uh, Parker laid a huge hit, and he actually ended up losing his helmet. But it was a great hit there from Parker. Again, good pressure from the D-line. Percy Butler, their rookie that they drafted in the fourth round, almost had an interception. And then they ended up giving a third and five. And overall, the defense still struggled on third down. They gave up 61% of the third downs. That was a huge issue last year. So, again, really stuff that the commanders need to work on. And then there, there was a play where, uh, this is still in the third quarter, there was a throw over the middle, and David Mayo was in coverage. He got turned around a little bit. And Percy Butler, the safety, does need to be there a little quicker, but not great coverage from Mayo. Uh, overall, the linebacker, I didn't really see too much. The only thing I did see was that one hit from Milo Eifler, uh, but that was later in the game. I thought Mathis played very well. He looked at home on that D-line, and I'm excited to see what else he's going to do. And then we get Sam Howell coming in, and Howell, uh, this guy looked electric. He had some nice zip on that throw to Dax Mill on his first throw. Uh, quick release there, and he didn't. Uh, he, he's got some good mobility in the pocket, as we saw later in the game. Uh, they did go 3-0 in that first drive, but they did end up getting some he ended up breaking a few sacks he ended up spinning out of a would-be sack and scrambling so they ended up going to the fourth quarter still down by 14 howell scram scrambles for that 17 yard touchdown and a great pump fake there that was really what got the linebacker to hesitate there uh, great job from howell on that drive nice throws a, a great catch by kelvin Harmon, um, who i'm glad to see on the team, you know, he played very well in his rookie season, had about seven or 800 yards, and I'm really hoping he, he has a chance to make this roster because I thought he, before that ACL injury, he was he looked pretty good at six-round selection a few years ago. So good good play by Howell. And then the D-line, Nathan Gary almost had a sack, number uh, 59, linebacker they just signed. Then Howell had that big throw to Alex Erickson, who had some great uh, movement after the catch. Scott Turner with a little bit of RPO action there. Then uh, I saw a little bit of Jared Patterson. I like Jared Patterson. QB sneak. Howell scored his second rushing touchdown of the game. And then, so at this point, Washington's winning 20 to 21, 21 to 20. And I saw Parker break up a play. It was a third and 10. They got a sack fumble. I think the ball would have been ruled down uh, anyway, but there was a illegal contact on Jeremy Reeves. And then on the next play, uh, there was a tackle by Stephen Parker, and then there was a face mask on Shaka Tony. Those two things that really cost this team the game, the illegal contact by Jeremy Reeves and the face mask by Shaka Tony, those are dumb penalties. Uh, it cost you the game. It does, it, at the end of the day, it's preseason. It doesn't matter whether they win or lose. But when it comes to regular season, stuff like that shouldn't happen. We saw that a little bit during last season where – they were in a chance to seal a game, and some some dumb penalties uh, kind of kind of screwed it over for them. So overall, Washington ends up giving up a field goal, 45-yard field goal for Zane Gonzalez. He almost missed it, but just barely got it in, and that was it. 
Washington ends up losing 23 to 21. Uh, so that was kind of a quarter by quarter analysis. But now, overall, the Gibson fumble. Uh, can't have that. I'm going to put up a poll. You guys can vote if you are on Spotify. Uh, if you don't have a Spotify account, you can go ahead and make one and make sure that you subscribe to the Next Gen Fan Podcast while you vote on this poll. So the question is going to be whether you're concerned about Gibson's fumbling issues. Um, obviously, you got the yes or the no option. So vote on that poll. Again, it's going to be on Spotify only. Carson Wentz, again, for all, for all the stuff that came out, uh, he looked good. I liked what I saw from him. Uh, he was fairly accurate, and he went through his reads really well. Brian Robinson, I, this guy played incredible. He really performed well, and I want to see more of him. I, he needs to get more reps. The O-line looked excellent. The O-line depth was very good. I liked what I saw about that. And then, again, for the most part, uh, the third third down conversion was okay. Uh, they did a good job of keeping it to mostly third and shorts. And then Sam Howell, again, he, he looked great. He has great wheels, um, and he performed very well. He kept the defense on their toes with that ability to scramble. Uh, moving to the defense, the DB struggled. Uh, they got they got to improve this. I am very concerned about who their fourth mystering corner is going to be because, I mean, guys like them, um, they, they just they didn't have enough depth there, and they were picking on guys left and right. Like uh, Danny Johnson, uh, Bosby was getting picked on a little bit. They got to figure that out there. It wasn't great coverage. Uh, but like I said earlier, I think they need to work on being able to attack the ball better because there were so many plays where the DB, they, DBs were there, uh, but they just... They were right there to tackle the receiver. They didn't really go up and play the ball. Uh, I need them to do that a little more because I, that they need to for, try and get a few more turnovers. We didn't have any for the defense. But if if they are going to try and limit some of these catches and try and break some of those passes up, they need to go play the ball a little better. I didn't see that. Constant pressure by the D-line. I loved that. After seeing a really down year last year with the D-line, I loved what I saw from them. And I think they did a great job with that. They limited the big plays, which was a huge issue last year. So another good note there. Uh, Panthers, like I said, they converted 61% um, on third down. So nothing good there. And then as far as special teams, kick return and punt returns were not good. I understand those guys are trying to make a play, but I need some consistency there. And I need I need someone who can who I can feel like can go break one, like DeAndre Carter. Okay, And Carter was out there returning kicks. I felt like he could return one at any time. With these guys, eh, you know, I'm not not so sure. Uh, tight end depth looked very good. All the rookies, I thought, played excellent. You know, uh, aside from what I, I didn't see anything from Jahan Dotson, but Brian Robinson played well. Darren Mathis played well. Uh, Chris Paul played well. Christian Holmes, he had some good cover, some good coverage. Percy Butler almost had an interception. So uh, some good things there. Sam Howe obviously was great. Um, Overall, I loved what I saw there. Uh, Curtis Samuel, good to see him finally moving. So another good thing there. And the defense, they were they had some good pressure, but they didn't. Ha- they only had uh, three sacks, and the D line only had two. Jeremy Reeves had one. So I I think they need to try and get a few more sacks because there were some opportunities that they definitely had. They could have easily had six or seven sacks, and there was definitely some some changes that they had they didn't capitalize on. I like, especially speaking to the O-line, I like what I saw from Andrew Norwell. So as far as Jamin Davis, I didn't see any wild plays from him. He had a tackle, and 
overall, I, I kind of need to see some better projection from him. All right, now we're going to get into ballers and busts. So I'm going to give three ballers, three busts. Uh, so three players who did well and three who did not. Starting out uh, for our first baller, Brian Robinson Jr. Six carries, 26 yards. He averaged 4.3 yards per carry. He had a touchdown. Uh, he ran, like, like I said, he ran like a real running back. Um, not like a running back turned into a receiver. And that's not not to to hit on Gibson uh, because he is a dynamic player. But he Brian Robinson is a true running back. And even when it came to things like falling forward after contact, th- those things like that, those were a key. Uh, second baller, Sam Howell. Um, Rushing-wise, three attempts, 19 yards, 6.3 yards per carry. He had two touchdowns on the ground. And then as far as passing, 16 attempts, nine completions. 145 yards and 86.7 passing rating. Uh, nice job extending plays for him. He led his team back down 14 in the fourth quarter, and he had some nice dip on that ball. I liked what I saw from Sam Howell. And then our third baller is the trenches in general. The D-line and the O-line. I thought both played very well. The D-line after their lackluster performance last year, and the O-line with some injured players on the first string, and as well as some, some questionable depth issues, they played very well. The offense was, the O-line was great. They only gave up two sacks. Uh, D-line had constant pressure, and they did very well stop the run. Again, they only gave up 30 rushing yards. They got three sacks. Uh, again, the O-line didn't have Turner or Roulier, but they still did a very good job protecting the quarterbacks. All right, now moving to the busts, special teams. Uh, anytime you miss an extra point, uh, that's not good. And then, like I said, the character turn and punt returner wasn't dynamic. It wasn't really effective. Uh, we need someone who can be protective at that position. Our second bust of the game, Antonio Gibson. You can't fumble, man, especially after your history last year. Uh, you, can, you can't do that. Just hold on to the ball. Hold on to the ball. It's all you got to do. Finally, our third bust, the defensive backs. They need some tighter coverage. The D-line, again, if the, if the defensive backs could could have had better coverage for like two or three seconds more, they would have gotten a lot more sacks. Uh they need to play the ball better, and after last year, like the D-line, uh, who didn't have like bo- the whole defense didn't perform well, uh, the DBs need to step it up. And I'm, again, I'm not confident in the fourth or fifth string corner. So that is my recap of the Washington Commanders' first preseason game. And coming up next, we'll be looking at some of the top headlines in the NFL, including Jason Wright and his comments to a search and reporter all of that and more coming up next on the next gen fan podcast all right so looking back at some of the top headlines in the nfl patriots running back james white retired after eight seasons in the nfl james white he had 381 catches for 3278 yards 25 regular season touchdowns obviously he was the guy who scored that game-winning touchdown in that crazy Super Bowl comeback against the Falcons. So James White retiring. The Jets signed Dwayne Brown, the longtime Seattle Seahawk, after Mekhi Becton had that knee injury. It's a two-year deal and worth $22 million uh, per sources. So... Becton's going to go undergo knee surgery after he fract- fractured his kneecap, which is most likely going to end his season. Brown's a five-time pro bowler, and he gave up eight sacks last year. But 
he still has been. That was that was really his one of his worst years in the NFL. Uh, he's for the most part he's been a fairly competent tackle, and this should be good for the Jets. And then finally, I mentioned this earlier. So a DC-based reporter, Scott Abraham of ABC7, he was doing an interview with Carson Wentz. Uh, Scott asked if the narrative that Wentz has been inaccurate during uh, training camp was fair. Um, he didn't say that he was inaccurate. He asked if the narrative was fair. Then he also stated that he said, quote, Indy didn't want you. Uh, Philly didn't want you. Scott Abraham said that, you know, the Colts didn't want you. The Eagles didn't want you. Uh, have you. This is kind of your last chance. Have you thought about that? This this could be a last chance to be a starting quarterback. And um, Wentz was like, no, I don't really think about that. And so overall, I, I didn't have a problem with the questions. Before I get to Jason Wright to respond, I thought, okay, you maybe could have handled the second question a little nicer. But, I mean, I'm sure Carson's dealt with some harsher media up in Philly, and at the end of the day, Wentz handled it well. He said all the right things, so it's not a big issue there. Um, the PR team did well answer, uh, prepping him for these tough questions, and overall, this is Scott Abraham's job. He's got to ask these tough questions. These are two questions that are very relevant to Carson Wentz because, yes, Philly didn't want him, and he did not want him, and that, that's the, kind of the whole story of Carson Wentz coming here, and there was some stuff kind of out coming in about his inaccuracy during camp. Uh, so it's a fair question. And then as we saw in the preseason game, Wentz was fine with his accuracy. So at the end of the day, it's not a big issue. Here's the big issue. Jason Wright, the team president, the team president. So for the most part, an NFL team president, he, he's going to run the business side. All right. that That's his job. His job is not to do anything with the team. All right. He runs the business side of the organization. So this is what, again, the team president, Jason Wright, set, responded. He posted the clip of uh, Scott Abraham interviewing Carson Wentz. He retweeted that, and in his tweet, he said, quote, Thankfully, Carson demonstrated grace and class in response to this pompous, unprofessional mess. I recognize you have made a living on childlike provocation, but it needs to be called out. Do not... Don't expect special access and good luck rapport with the guys, end quote. And then he tagged Scott Abraham. So that was what the team president of the Washington Commanders said. This was a win for Carson Wentz, the BR staff, because he handled the questions well. The questions weren't even that bad. And yet the guy who's supposed to be focusing on changing the culture just went full gunzo on a reporter. I mean, he was like threatening his 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 access to the players in a, in a sense calling him a pompous unprofessional mess calling his work childlike i mean look for, look scott abraham he may be the worst reporter in the nfl all right he he could be he th this could be true maybe he has built his living on childlike provocation you know whose job that is to point that out if anyone's supposed to be defending carson wentz could be Ron Rivera, you know, the coach, the head coach, not the guy who's supposed to be working on the businesses, you know, selling tickets, suites, all that sort of stuff. Uh, at the end of the day, this is absurd. If, even if you were trying to defend Carson Wentz, all you have to say is something like, wow, look at the way Carson Wentz handled these questions. Something like that. You don't have to go 
trash talking the reporter. All right, Jason Wright should never have tweeted anything. He didn't need to. If anybody was supposed to do it, the team could have retweeted the clip, said something like I just said. Ron Rivera could have said a quick thing in a press conference, which I don't think it even is necessary. But having the team president call a reporter a pompous, unprofessional mess. That's a great look, Washington. That is a great look. Way, way to go there. Uh, just unbelievable there. And Jason Wright, you, you, for a guy who's supposed to be changing the culture, you sure are not helping out in that in that sense. Calling, calling reporters' names and threatening their access. What, what, what a, what a response from Jason Wright. All right. So once again, if you make sure you vote in the poll again, that's only going to be on Spotify. And that is whether you are concerned with Antonio Gibson's fumbling issues. If you like this episode, uh, please make sure you guys can leave, rate, and review uh, the Commanders. So I'm going to be having a second podcast coming out this week. Uh, that will be a preview for the next preseason game, which is going to be in Arrowhead against the Kansas City Chiefs. So make sure you look out for that. Once again, guys, please remember to rate, review, and follow this podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, I really appreciate it if you guys would do that, just to help this podcast grow. It only takes a few seconds, so please, again, just remember to rate, review, and follow this podcast. Thank you. ICE leader, armed forces, firefighters, police officers, and emergency personnel. Once again, guys, thank you for listening and making this podcast a part of your day. God bless you, and God bless America.